Hello, hello, hello. I'm Zach Hansen, your host for the Then and Now series with Hobie Brom, brought to you by Envision Architecture. Today, we'll be discussing the firm's reputation and how the relatively new space of advertising for architects has helped fuel more growth for Envision. Let's get into it. It's good to have you back. Thank you. Good, good to be back again. Yeah, so today, Hovi, I thought we could talk about the firm's past and its advertising and recognition and how that's been moved along throughout our history. Just trying to get a basis of understanding of the competition within the area. Do you know how many firms uh, Envision was competing with when you first started out and about, you know, their size? Okay, to go back, remember the firm was started clear back in 1914, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, Oswald Thorson was running it at that time from Forest City, and uh, I don't think he had much competition because all he really did was churches, and uh, then he had a son, Oz, who graduated from Minnesota and came to Waterloo to start his practice with the firm in 1946 and uh, I don't know why they picked Waterloo but Waterloo was kind of a tough place to go because when I came in 1952 there were over 10 firms in Waterloo um, okay. and, and it was interesting because three of them were really big and busy there was Tonjes and they did schools and they had the biggest firm in, in the Waterloo. They had about a dozen people at that time. And uh, they did all the schools in Northeast Iowa and around and had a good reputation. And then there was Cleveland, and he did expensive houses in Waterloo. If you've been to Highland Park. Oh, yeah. They, yeah, that, those are all Cleveland houses. And there's some nice historic houses up in that yeah, area. For sure. uh, he did lots of houses. Also, he did West High School, and then there was Ralston, who was the older one, and he had done schools and had a big so. And then there were there were two contracting firms that had architects in them, which was very interesting. There was Olson Construction, and they had an architect in their firm, and they did architecture and construction all in the same thing. And also there was a bank equipment supplier who had an architect. And they built banks and anything to do with, with financial. So you, one has to wonder, why did we come to Waterloo? <laughs> well, it sounds like there was a lot of different kinds of firms, but not necessarily any that were competing in the same market. Yeah, that, that, that's probably true. Because um, when I came, uh, they had really only done two jobs in Waterloo in six years. And, the, and both of those were churches. And, of course, they were looking to go for other places. We also had competition from Des Moines. Mm -hmm. Des Moines came into Waterloo to do, do things. And, and Cedar Falls had their own architect who did the work in Cedar Falls, uh, uh, Bob Grove. So they had that competition. But, you know, all the firms were fairly small. Tonjes and Cleveland were the two largest. Uh, some of them were just like two men firms that were around at that time. Um, sure. So, so actually, Chicago came in, Skidmore, Owings and Merrill came in and did a hospital, Floyd's Hospital. Oh. So it was tough, I'm sure, for Oz at that time. 
you couldn't advertise, you didn't do anything. And so the question was, how did you get known? <laughs> yeah, so I guess that kind of leads me into my next question is, yeah. what kind of recognition was there? Was there awards or? Well, okay, um, the big deal was the phone book. Would you believe that? <laughs> <laughs> because the phone book, of course, had in the white pages all the names of, of everyone who had a phone. And then in the yellow pages, you could buy to put your firm in the yellow pages. And the yellow pages had a heading for architects. And you could list your, your firm in there if you paid the money. As strange as it sounds, other than talking around and the people you know, that was the only thing that you have. The newspapers were never very good for for advertising. They would they were good for showing projects. I mean that that's that's a good newspaper. And they would almost always list the architect, although sometimes not. But uh, if they list showed our our drawings and things like that, they would never put our name. They were selling advertising, so they didn't want to give it out for free. Right. Yeah, and so it just wasn't done that. Was there anything within the architectural community itself for recognition? No, uh, the, the AIA at that at that point in 1952 was not nearly as organized as it is now. And of course, everybody knew architects could not advertise. That, that wasn't the odd thing. That was very normal at that time. One thing we started doing, uh, and not we, but the other firms that we had to join up, is you could put up a sign in, at your construction project. Mm. So that anybody going by your construction project would... So that it, was the workaround. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was sort of a workaround. So, and, and then the AIA did have a publication showed things. Uh, we were never in it, but gave recognition to, to some firms that were around. But it's just kind of interesting, the phone book. <laughs> mm-hmm. But our marketing was good because it was all who you knew and who you talked to. And Oz Sorsen had a good opening because the firm had done a lot of Lutheran churches. Actually, the two churches that they built first in War II were two Lutheran churches. And, of course, the Lutheran pastors talked around between each other. And so you made sure you knew all of the, the, the pastors. And, and, and actually, we got our first hospital job in Waterloo because of that, because Allen Hospital was a Lutheran hospital in 1952. At that time, it was Thorson and Thorson. Mm-hmm. And so they got the job of adding a five-story addition to the hospital. And that really was our first big movement into the uh, hospital. Oswald Thorson had done one in Wilmar, Minnesota, uh, in addition to a hospital there. But really the first one we did was uh, in Waterloo for Allen Hospital. And that was because because of of the, the Lutheran community and the Lutheran pastors talking around. Um, kind of looking at the history of all that, you know, with the advertising and how, you know, you reached out to people. In the 60s, from my understanding, they started looking at the rules and not necessarily changing them. And it wasn't until around 72 when they determined that it was a trade restraint that you couldn't advertise. Mm-hmm. So how, how did that shift look 
going from very connection-based to being able to advertise? Was it still largely connection-dominated, or was there a large influx of, of starting to advertise um, and bringing in more clients that maybe you didn't have a relationship with initially? Well, a very good question. Uh, it, it was tough to do. It really was. What we did you know, you, you needed to belong to Rotary or you needed to belong to, to the country club or you needed to belong things like that to get your word on. That was, that, was, that was your marketing. What we ended up doing was making a small little booklet of our projects. And so if we thought somebody was interested in doing it, we would send them our booklet. And okay. so that, that was our first. So it was things that we, it wasn't anything new that we were doing. But it was things we had, but but what was new is that we could we could give it out, or we could we could show you it. You have to wait for them to come yeah, to you. We could show it to somebody else, and that was a big deal. And so we did a book on churches, and we were lucky if they had eleven pages, you know. <laughs> right, <laughs> and, right. And we did one on hospitals, because at that time we had done the Warloo Hospital. We had gotten involved with Schweitz Hospital in Waterloo. We'd gotten involved with St. Francis Hospital in Waterloo. And we'd built a new hospital in Postville and al But we didn't send them all out. to. Every, it, wasn't, it wasn't universal. Mm-hmm. We had those booklets, and if we heard somebody was doing, we would send it to them. It was just using things we had. And incidentally, we didn't know whether we should or not. It didn't feel good to do it. <laughs> Sure, you're so used to it being taboo that once it becomes available. Yeah, yeah. And, and of course, that has a a negative, too, because if they look and don't say anything you like, well, you're you're not on their list anymore. So The key is just to make stuff that people like. (laughs) Yeah, doing it wasn't wasn't 100% good. And also uh, other architects then were obviously doing, doing the same thing. Uh, and we got a little more as calling people and saying, I hear you're thinking about a school or I think you're, uh, don't forget to, to interview us. And so we would never have done before. Yeah. So now we have this marketing department who's helping with this podcast and, and helping with um, RFPs, requests for proposals and yeah. all these other things. At, at what point did that become the norm? And what benefits have you seen from that? It just slowly, slowly worked its way up more. And, and of course, your clients. Mm-hmm. But the clients sort of used it as a means of, of, of the architects fighting amongst themselves or trying to do the best job. So the clients gained because they got, they got a lot of more information and a lot more things than they did before. Maybe the best thing in marketing is that you got to possible clients way ahead of time than you did before. Before, it was always you didn't know anything. You sat and and waited till they called you. And it's just a big change to, to flip it around and say, now we can call them. Go and, a little bit from being the, the prey to being the hunter, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, good, good way, Zach, of putting it. And actually, uh, the AIA helped a little bit on that because uh, the AIA from 1952 to what it is now has become a very big factor in, in architecture. And, 
and, and well-known, and uh, they sort of set the parameters or the things that you could or couldn't do because the, the 50 states couldn't get together to do it. It took the people. I uh, have to give the AI a big credit for really setting up the rules that, that we follow now. Because they, they, the rules we follow now are not, at least in most states, is, is not law. Mm-hmm. It, it's just what what is what's normal to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they put out quite a bit of resources for just about everything related to the practice anymore. I mean, yeah. if you're unsure what to do, it's it's a little plug here, but uh, if you're unsure what to do, AIA website, I mean, is should be the first stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You want to talk a little bit about the AIA? It's kind of, kind of fun. Um, sure. When I was in, in college, the AIA had a, a student group at Iowa State, and uh, one year I was president of that group, and uh, they invited me to come to a meeting in Des Moines. And I think the AIA at that time had met like once every four months or something like that in Des Moines. And uh, I went to an AIA convention in Chicago, and that really opened my eyes because there you saw architects from all over. And incidentally, one thing, our firm has always, always been very well represented and very uh, involved with AIA, and you probably know that, but but uh, uh, Oz Thorson, who started our Waterloo office, was uh, president of the Iowa AIA, then he got to be the regional AIA, and then was treasurer, no, he was secretary of the National AIA for, I think, six years. And then Bob Brochure became president of the AIA. And I was appointed to the education committee of the AIA in, I'm going to say, 61 or 62, when when we were just starting to think about how to really organize the students who were coming in and, and in getting the architectural training and the architects in their deal as far as continuing education. I was on that committee for about six years and we ended up setting up the rules and regulations for getting our yearly. Uh, uh, sure, the continuing education. Yeah, the continuing education, yeah. So all of that, all of that amongst all this with advertising, it all mixed together in a wild uh, as I think everything back, just happened at once. Yeah, yeah, and and and, and it, that was a good good way of putting it. Everything finally just happened because everybody felt felt the need. It was a need that was being filled, and it it, it worked pretty well. Mm-hmm. Oh, great! Well, that that's quite the journey for um, beginning to end of um, present, I should say. Um, of our, our marketing and uh, how things have advanced over the years. That's that's amazing to hear that, you know, we've gone from this very responsive to this very proactive firm um, over that amount of time. Yeah, yeah. And good or bad, I think it's for the better. I really think it's for the better. We, we should be getting better buildings. Because... I believe that we are. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think uh, I think it's definitely had a positive impact just from my my own experience. I know um, there's a lot of really great projects out there that I don't think that we necessarily would have gotten it had it not been for being able to market ourselves. Yeah, and we can look at things we want to do and go for those too. So rather than just waiting for someone else to have to have a, a need, we can see a need that we can that we can fulfill and use that for, for our marketing. It's a whole other area to market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can set up kind of our, our marketing sector rather than letting it just be what it becomes. Yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's amazing. Well, Hovi, thank you very much for uh, joining me and, and talking to me a little bit about the firm's reputation over years and, and how we've been able to market ourselves. So really appreciate that. You're welcome. And it's kind of fun for me to think back and try and figure out what did we do? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. At those, those times. And it's been an exciting time to be an architect. Well, it's, it's always an exciting time to be an architect. There's always something to do. all righty well i think next time we'll be talking about sustainability so i'll i'll catch up with you then okay i look forward to it thank you very much thank you to our wonderful listeners for tuning in today i'd also like to thank hovey for joining us and our wonderful producer becca bob join us next time as we discuss the environment and vision's impact on it and solutions for sustainable buildings If you'd like to hear more, follow us.